Welcome to another amazing episode of Kazi's Audio Experience. This is the podcast where we're not only going to sharpen our technical skills, but we're going to learn to become profitable as filmmakers. What's going on, guys? This is Kazi. Welcome to another live. And today we're going to be talking about a buying guide for beginner colorists. This could be applicable to colorists for sure, but it can also be applicable to anybody who's in post-production, a modern day filmmaker, somebody that has their remote studio ready to go. And especially through pandemic, it's very important to have like a setup that you can rely on. So you don't have to borrow your you know, friend's computer or go to somebody's house and do the work. And obviously it's becoming impossible to even do that. Before I jump into talking about like just, you know, specs and, you know, throwing images on the screen, let's take a second and let me share something with you. Like, you know, where I come from when it comes to like buying equipment, getting into this kind of stuff, it wasn't always like, you know, this studio, right? Like the Cosman studio. It was, it didn't start here. It wasn't always like a $30,000 panel, you know, $35,000 monitor. It wasn't always that. It started from like literally just one tiny thing at a time. Like it was just like, okay, can I, at first it was just like whatever laptop I had that I put on my credit card when I went to school, that's all I had. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm editing uh, videos, corporate videos on it. I'm editing wedding videos on it. I'm freaking making home videos on it. Like for, you know, my birthday, uh, wife's birthday, whatever. It was just that one system that just did everything. I didn't care about that it had like four gigs of RAM. I didn't care that it had like a two core processor. That's all I had. So ultimately what I want to start off with is that don't ever become um, a slave to your equipment. Okay, this is a very important one because I feel like a lot of people make that mistake. To, I, I hear a lot of people go, um, I just need the right monitor. I just need the right system. Only if I had this, only if I had that, only if I was working with a 10-bit camera. You know, yes, there is there's some truth to that, but before you get to that point, right? I mean, like, you know, think about it, right? Company three doesn't have to worry about working with 8-bit footage because they are not going to be working on projects that are shot with 8-bit footage. And if they are, then whatever, right? So, I mean, you got to think about like once you get to a certain level, uh, those are not going to be your worries. But when you're starting out, you got to make the most of what you're given, um, what you can have. This is where I want to come in, right? Like, so... Uh, as always, you know your boy, it, it's all things practical, right? I mean, that's important to me because like I said, I'm not raised in money. I was never just like, it didn't matter. Like I bought the most expensive things, blah, blah, blah. And then threw them out, moved on to the next thing. Like it's never been that guy. I never buy anything brand new. You guys know that about me. I always find like the used, you know, best deal that I can find. I'm a crazy negotiator. I'm always lurking on eBay, Craigslist, all that stuff. So the things that I'm going to be sharing with you, obviously you're going to see the MSRP, you know, like the actual price on it, but I would highly recommend you guys look into other platforms, but whether it's like Facebook market, whatever, to find the best deals in your area. Okay. We're going to start jumping in. So let's go from like the need to want, right? Um, and I'm going to start off as like, this is your day one. You are on a call with me and you're like, Kazi, I want to build a studio. I I got a shoestring budget, what do you recommend? So this is what this is for, okay? Th this video is not for somebody that's thinking about upgrading from a $3,000 panel to a $30,000 panel. So let's just make that clear. Let's start with the system. 
And when we talk about a system, I only want to keep things relevant, meaning I want to talk about things that I've used and I have experience with. I don't want to talk about anything that I read online, okay? So I'm going to stick with Mac, but use your imagination. I know majority of the people are using PC, which is totally fine. There's nothing wrong with it. So you have to find the equivalent of whatever I'm saying, okay? So I'm going to start with the brand new M1 chip Max. Like the Apple is putting out some fire products out there right now. And you guys know I did a review video on the MacBook Pro um, M1 uh, souped up. It was around $2,600, $2,700. That machine is an ultimate beast. Okay, 16 gigs of RAM, which is kind of pushing it for resolve for me. But I haven't come across... Um, any errors or any issues where I said like ran out of RAM or anything like that so far, whatever I'm testing. I'm, I'm only doing casual work. I'm not really actually working on projects on my machine. So keep that in mind. Another system that I would recommend would be the Mac Mini. Uh, look into those Mac Minis. You can get a souped up Mac Mini with the M1 chip for 1600 bucks. That is out of control value, okay? Again, people that are on a PC side might build something cheaper, that's totally fine. But what I'm saying is that if you are in this uh, Apple's ecosystem or if you're using DaVinci Resolve, which does support M1 chip natively, it's really hard to find a better deal for the price, okay? It, it's crazy. And actually, as a matter of fact, yesterday I was building a PC. So I was on um, HP Omen. Uh, that's one of the uh, computers on the PC side that I highly recommend. Like their Omen series from HP is out of control. Um, I've had their uh, gaming desktop, I have, I've had their laptops, and they're just the best. Uh, it's unreal. So I was putting one together yesterday, their Mac, or not their Mac, but their laptops, it goes up to $2,900, which was out of control because it had similar specs to what M1 has for the 13-inch MacBook Pro. So if you're really going to go for a quality product from a reputable company, even if it's PC, it's somewhat going to come down to almost like the same thing. So keep that in mind, okay? So that's my recommendation when it comes to a starter kit for your computer. Um, and again, you know, just find that equivalent for on a PC site for yourself. Uh, that's not a lot of money. You have to invest some money on a machine because nowadays with like the crazy footage that's coming out of these cameras, uh, compressions are out of control, meaning... Even like my Mac Pro sometimes chokes playing like Fuji, you know, whatever Kodak that they're using, it chokes a little bit and then it plays fine. I have to do a couple of things to just make it work and stuff like that will happen no matter what. And it's only getting worse because everybody has their own proprietary technology, um, you know, all of that stuff, right? So keep that in mind. So you need to invest some money into your system. So if somebody's sitting there thinking, well, 1600 is still a lot of, a lot of money or 3000 or 2500 bucks is still a lot of money, Kazi, you have to like get something half decent, okay? So that's for the systems. The next thing, you got your machine, you do understand that the data like or the the size of the footage nowadays with 4K, 6K, 8K, 12K, it's just getting out of control. It's getting stupid, right? So you need an online storage or a scratch drive that has the juice to kind of back you up. So when you're doing a playback, like a 4K playback with a couple of nodes, uh, you know, a modest sort of node tree that your system can handle it and there won't be any bottlenecks when it comes to a hard drive because that's one of the big 
silent killers, right? Because, I mean, that's one of the things that happens at so many places that I worked at where they give me this most, like, banging system. Everything is great. And then when I'm working, it's choking. And it's almost always the hard drive. That's that's the threat, you know, that's the bottleneck. Like, it, the, the hard drive doesn't have enough, like, throughput to kind of just, like, send that data through without any issues, even after you have tons of nodes and stuff applied. So that is a very important one. You got to keep in mind this drive, you cannot find a better deal, okay? It's a 700 drive for a 12 terabyte uh, RAID configuration drive. And if you put it in RAID 0, which is Stripe, you're going to be getting around 450 read and write. Now, 450 megabytes read and write is almost as fast as having an SSD. Now, obviously, it's a spinning drive compared to like, you know, the technology used in SSD. So there's still some differences. But that said, that is plenty fast. Okay, you guys know, regular hard drive, spinning hard drive uh, would be like, a you know, uh, 150, 100 megabytes read and write, right? So like having a 440, 450 uh, read and write is out of control. And it's the best bang for the buck. So look into these drives. Obviously, you can pick your configuration. I'm showing you the 12 terabyte version. You can get 8 terabyte, which is going to be cheaper, stuff like that. But just be aware that when you go down a tier, the speed is going to decrease, at, you know, also. So I think the 8 terabyte only goes up to 360. I'm saying only. It's still a lot of, like, juice. But keep that in mind, okay? So hard drive is going to be the next, you know, essential element to building your system because you don't want to just like work off of your, um, that that's the worst practice, right? To work off of your C drive or your primary drive, your Macintosh HD drive. Like you never want to do that. You want to have like uh, some sort of a setup, like where you keep your stuff. So this drive is going to do it for you. Now, let's move on to what everybody asks all the time, which is, um, which which kind of monitor should I get, Kazi? So I'm going to break this down into three different tiers. So we're going to go from, like, the, the bottom of the totem pole, basically starting out with the entry-level monitor. Then we're going to go to somewhat of, like, a mid, you know, range. And then, and when I say entry-level, mid-range, and then, like, top-end, I mean for beginners, I'm not talking about like the top end here. I'm not going to be talking about a Sony BVM. So don't worry about that. It's still going to be, you know, in your arm's reach. So like, let's go through that list right now. Okay. So I'm going to start off with this guy right here. We have our LG UL650. Talked about it quite a bit. Right now it's on back order on BNH. Obviously, like I said, there's plenty of places where you can look. Adorama is one. BNH is another one. Film Tools might have, might have it. Um, you can try Best Buy. You can try Fry's if you're in the United States. Obviously, Amazon, uh, Facebook uh, Market. Like I said, you know you can try eBay. You can try Craigslist. You will find it if you just type in the freaking. Uh, you know, exact model number and then look for it. So this is a great option, gives you about 99.9% sRGB and Rec. 709 coverage. So if this monitor is so good, I've used it for like mm, over three to five years and like a similar variation. I had the uh, 88, something 88, UD88, I believe, but then I used the 650 for a little over a year. This is a great monitor. I mean, right out the box, you're pretty good. Like, I mean, you can start grading some stuff for web and you're going to be in good place. Okay. But let's move on to a one tier up from this. 
So you got your uh, BenQ. This is the SW270C series. Now, when it comes to BenQ monitors, you you only want to stick with the SW series. Okay, this is like their uh, sort of like a flagship series, if you will. And uh, obviously different sizes. They have 27, they have 32. Uh, this is a pretty good one. Obviously, you know, comes with the sunshade or sunhood, whatever. And that's pretty cool. Like if you're in, in an environment where you can't really control lights, it's like in your bedroom or something like that, this could be extremely helpful. So this monitor is like a next level. It, I believe, comes pre-calibrated. So it's gonna come with a little sheet. When you open the box, you get the spec sheet that says like, hey, uh, this is the monitor accuracy. This is where it sits right now. So a pretty good option and definitely a step up from what we just looked at. And now I'm gonna move to uh, my personal favorite prosumer monitor series, which is the CG series or color edge series from ISO. I mean, ISO puts out banging, banging monitors. The best thing about ISO is that it comes with a um, hardware, like a probe built in to its chassis, meaning like it's so smart, like my ISO is sitting right here. And the best thing about it is that every now and then, the freaking flap will come down and it will start calibrating no, because it's so smart that it's basically seeing the ambient environment. And if it changes, um, whenever it feels like, okay, now I need to readjust for this environment, um, it will just like pop open the uh, probe and start calibrating. So it has a built-in software with the hardware that works in harmony and just does it all for you. Um, ISO gets the highest recommendation in the three uh, different tiers that I showed you. And again, yes, it costs a lot more from the UL650, but you know you get what you pay for. And these are the things that I'm trying to tell you, right? Like when you are grading something, you wanna have a lot of faith in your what you're looking at. Like, yes, you can rely on scopes. Yes, you can rely on a couple of other things, but you really want to put your faith in your screen. Like you wanna trust what you're seeing is somewhat what you're gonna get, okay? So that's, uh, that's that for the monitors. Now let's get into the next thing that you need once you have a monitor. And then this, uh, actually not this. So now we have our X-Rite i1 Display Display Pro. There are there are other products um, in the market. Um, I haven't used them, so I can't really say much about it. I just know for a fact that people say a lot of uh, great things about this particular product. I've worked um, at a bunch of different facilities that had this product, so that gets to tell you. I work with um, you know specialists that come in and calibrate screens, and when it comes to prosumer monitors, they would bring this guy and do it. So. Jake just got his Flanders um, uh, DM240. So I'm super excited about that because I'm, I'm changing the subject, but that's a different story, right? Like DM240, then you get into like a professional uh, B grade and A grade monitors. And like, you know, then we just get into a different tier, but I'm super happy for him and he's gonna absolutely love it. Anyways, you need this guy, especially if you get the UL650. Um, if you get that monitor and you get this along with that, it's going to be right around 500 bucks, maybe a little over 500 after tax. I'm telling you, it's a game changer. Takes you through everything. You just slap it on your screen, let it do its thing. You want to make sure that your lighting is going to be exactly how you like to work. So if it's a, you know, windows are open, blah, 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 whatever. I don't, um, 
recommend that. But if that's what you want to do, totally fine. But uh, whatever the lighting condition is, get in that lighting setup, then slap that probe on and then go through instructions and then just hit OK. It's going to run through. It will take around like five to ten minutes. It's going to calibrate your screen to the best of your screen's ability. Like it's going to get you the best results that your screen is capable of. So that is a very good feeling to have a monitor that is whatever, right? Like consumer monitor, anybody has it, blah, blah, blah. But now you slap this guy on and you just like, you know, unleash uh, the true potential of whatever device it is that you're using. So very important, gets my highest recommendations. Now we're gonna move on to the next thing that you need for your studio, which is gonna be this IO box. So. What that is, is that it gets very confusing sometimes, and especially when I was new to color grading, you know, it just always made my head spin. Like any time I thought about like, what is really the purpose of this guy? And the purpose of this guy is that if, especially the Mac users, if you're in DaVinci Resolve and you have the Mac profile checked in your uh, DaVinci uh, preference settings, what's happening is that you're looking at whatever your uh, Mac display profile is set to. So whatever that might be, now you're looking at colors that are not necessarily Rec. 709 Gamma 2.4. Uh, you know, you're not looking at the scene referred to the display referred. You kind of just are like the hodgepodge space, okay? So then you're grading based on that, uh, whatever is looking good to you, you export that, you upload it to YouTube, you look at it on Safari, it looks like one thing. You look at, at Firefox, it looks completely different. You look at it at Chrome, looks, you know, uh, totally insane. And you're like, what is really going on? So what this IO box does is that it basically takes all of that confusion out of the picture, okay? So you plug it in through a Thunderbolt or a USB-C or USB-3 connection if, you, if you're on the PC side. You plug it in that way, install the drivers for it. Once everything is ready to go, it has an HDMI connection that goes into your monitor. So whatever, right? Like all the monitors that I showed you, you plug it into one of those guys and then the image that you get bypasses all those Mac profiles, PC display profiles, whatever have you. So it's giving you the cleanest image, whatever you set up your monitor to, so let's say you have the ISO CG, you set it to Rec. 709, 2.4, Gamma 2.4. Then in DaVinci Resolve, your scene referred is set to Rec. 709, Gamma 2.4. Well, that's exactly what you're getting on both ends now. Instead of like, I don't know, your monitor being in P3 color space, your DaVinci Resolve set to Rec. 709, Gamma 2.4, now everything is all over the place. So it reduces all of that and gives you the cleanest image possible without any of that confusion you know, built into it. So again, it's a no-brainer. And look at the price on it, it's practically free. I mean, for what it does, you kinda need to have it. Now, if somebody's going, this only does 1080p, Kazi, are there any options to do uh, 4K out? And yes, there are, so you can get this guy uh, the price just jumps up significantly. So it, we go from like 115 to like a grand, um, not necessary. So, you know, personally, I think that it definitely um, is not necessary at all. Um, what I do is um, I have that. This is what I'm using. But for anyone that's starting out in the beginning, just get the other one, 
get a 1080p image, you're good to go. Don't worry about anything else. You don't wanna add cost on things that are, that are kind of uh, defeating the purpose in a sense that if you have to chip away and take the money that you can put into your machine to have a beefier setup, to spend more money so you can output 4K, you get what I'm saying? It kind of just doesn't make any sense, right? You have to beef, beef up your machine to a point where it can easily play back 4K content even after you throw um, color correction on it. So then you need to move on to a IO box that supports 4K out. So that's how you wanna build your setup. So uh, like I said, I mean, if you're starting out, this is a beginner's guide. You don't need this, just stick with the other one. Now the next thing is gonna be, we're gonna move on to my favorite uh, topic, you know, uh, what I always talk about that um, you don't have to be a colorist. Uh, again, you could be a modern day filmmaker, you could be an editor that just likes to do a little bit of like color correction, you know, like your lift, gamma gain kind of action. This is the perfect device for you, okay? Tangent Ripple is the ultimate savior. Uh, back in the day, the cheapest panel was like $1,500. Now you can pick one up for, you know, under 400 bucks. Um, so Tangent Ripple is awesome. Lift Gamma Gain Action built in. Um, and you can just go ham with those. And if you really, to a, to a certain extent, I genuinely feel like this is the best first step for you. Uh, because a lot of people get caught up with like all these knobs and everything else with bigger panels. And they, they think that... Uh, Lift Gamma Gain is basic, right? Because we can go back to Final Cut 7. I'm talking about like 2005, 2006 days. And it's like, well, Lift Gamma Gain has been available for that long and it just came like kind of uh, free with the software. So how good can it be? So in our brains, we're kind of wired to go, forget about it, man. I don't want to use printer lights. I don't want to use Lift Gamma Gain. I just want to go to like some complex curves and I want to do HSL curves and I want to do this and that and the other thing. Trust me, if you talk to anyone, like any pro colorist, senior colorist, they're going to tell you that majority of the sauce comes from right here. So for you to kind of restrict yourself to only that, if this is your first panel, is unbelievable because now you have to learn. You have to get... Uh, take full advantage of like this tool because you invested in it. So now you're going to be like, okay, I'm going to make sure that I get the best results with it. So uh, big rec recommendations for this, especially for the price. And then say you go, dude, that's cool, but I do want a little bit more. Um, and I do like the idea of having a panel and doing it right. Then this is your guy. Again, you cannot beat that. Not only just the price, how fair the price is for what you're getting, but the quality of this panel is exactly the same, if not better, than this guy that I have sitting here. And the cost is like 30 times more of this guy that I have here. So that panel right there, I don't know how they did it. That's just like Blackmagic doing their Blackmagic things, right? Like they're selling 6K, 5.6K cameras, 12K cameras for like literally pennies, I say pennies for what you're getting, the image that you're getting. They're selling, you know, their panels for whatever, not to mention the advanced panel is super expensive, but everything else, they're giving away their software for free that does majority of the stuff. It's like, I don't know how Blackmagic works. It's kind of crazy. I mean, I think from the marketing standpoint, I get it. Uh, customer acquisition, like I do get the par a part of it, but I feel like they're still really crazy and very aggressive. 
um, how they approach it. But uh, yes, this gets the highest recommendation. You have to have this. And I will say anything over this, don't get it. If you've never used a panel, you have to start right here to kind of get your feet wet and uh, learn what it's about, how to best use it. Is it even a thing for you? Or is this something that's just too much? Because there are so many people that are just kind of like, eh, that's a bit much. Like, I I I'm a... I'm a filmmaker who likes to, you know, have kind of their feet into everything and I want to do everything, but this is where I draw the line. So that's why I'm saying you don't want to get like the mini panel all of a sudden if that's your first panel. Uh, start with Tangent or this guy and then move up and you'll know when the time is right. So this is where we're at in terms of the panels and then guys, trust me, uh, Stream Deck XL, this is the sauce, okay? This, I use it for everything. Like right now, my streaming service, like, you know, if I'm going to do Zoom or something like that, if I'm going to open Google Chrome, <laughs> I know, <laughs> right? I got to I gotta share my, my FIFA team with you afterwards, bro. It's crazy. I'm dropping some serious, serious money into that, man. Yeah, that was crazy. I'm, I'm glad it was just like my FIFA team and not some inappropriate pictures. All right, so, yeah. Stream Deck XL is the ultimate thing, okay? You guys got to have this. This, the price you pay for this device, and it's one of those that I will recommend uh, for every beginner to start getting into things like this. Because what this does is that it gives you that edge. It gives you that disproportional advantage over your competition. It kind of puts you in a place where when you get to work, I'm telling you, this is True story, okay? Anytime I walked into uh, my client's office, if they wanted me to come in and work from their office, and I walked in with my setup, they were just blown away. As soon as I would pull out my, I would even take my mini panel, I would really take it to the next level. I will have my pen and tablet, mini panel, and I will have my stream deck. And when I pulled out those three devices and I set them up, and then I had the IT come in and install all of that and get it ready up and running, by that point, I had so much street cred that they were like, we don't care how much you want to charge. We just love bringing in clients to even just sit in and see like a master at play. You know, so what I'm saying is that it matters from that perspective, right? So like you, just having street cred, it matters for that. But trust me, like the efficiency is just out of control. The reason why I am absolutely terrible working off of my MacBook Pro is because I'm just so spoiled having this guy. It's it's out of control. Like anytime I'm editing or doing something else or my wife brings me in and she's like, can you help me with this or can you help me with that? I'm always kind of just going, ah, like, I mean, ah, just, just transfer that project so I can like put it on a drive, come to my office and we'll do it here. And 90% of it is because of this stream deck. It It's crazy, man. Like once you map it out, and my FCM members know what I'm talking about because when you get my masterclass, I give you a, a setting file that you can import my personal settings from the Stream Deck. You can import it and start using uh, those keys um, along with my DaVinci Resolve custom keyboard layout. So you can just import both of those and then hit the ground running. But 
not just, like I said, not just DaVinci Resolve, everything. I mean, I literally have my YouTube analytics map to this. So like I just hit one button instead of like opening Safari, going to YouTube, going to analytics, going to a certain thing, one button, bam, I'm there. It just, it becomes part of life and it gets to like a stage where you're just like, I want more, I want more of it. And that's why if you just literally Google multiple stream decks and just click on images, you'll see people go nuts with these things. Like I've seen people have three of three of each on each side or three of them on each side of their panel. So they'll have a mini panel and then they'll have three stream decks here and three stream decks here. And then they have like six stream decks and a mini panel and you can just map whatever your heart desires. So absolutely insane, uh, worth the money. Now what? So I'm gonna sum it up with this. Okay, like now let's just wrap it up and Again, what I want to say is that nobody starts with, you know, when you see a picture of the studio and you go, this is the dream, this is where I want to go, blah, blah, blah. But use that as an inspiration. Don't use it as something that that holds you back, where you're just like, I will never get there, or I don't know how long it's going to take. And also stop looking at things. I think this is also a good advice for going into a new year. Start looking at things like, you know, be be a solution-oriented person instead of like somebody that kind of throws in the towel and is like, I don't know, I need this, this, and that to make it happen. I need, unless I have this, I can't do that. Don't be that person. Uh, sort of like, you know, build that resolution with yourself, like have a new year's resolution where you're just like, I want to be that guy who always wants to come up with a solution regardless of the situation I'm in. See what happens. I promise you. Um, some, this is something that I live my life by. Um, I'm not saying I'm that great. If you ask my wife, like, I'm also that guy who thinks a lot of the times that the world is out there to get me. I'm changing. I'm trying. I'm trying to kind of pull myself out of that mindset anytime I find myself in that space where I just feel like, you know, there's there's this pressure I got to protect myself and blah, blah, blah. But ultimately, I feel like if you just kind of leave that that mindset, you know, at the door and, and come in from this fresh outlook where you're just like, I'm going to be naive. I'm going to be that person that's just going to just going to jump in, just going to I'm going to go all in and I'm going to let the chips fall where they may and see what happens. I mean, this is those are going to be my two cents to just wrap this up. This was amazing. It's always amazing. You guys are, I mean, this is the best audience on just planet Earth. I am so humbled um, to just be sharing this, this geek-like weird stuff that we talk about and have like-minded people where we can talk about freaking color. I mean, come on. Like, it's insane, right? Like, I mean, we're talking about things that are just it's crazy. I mean, it's like living the dream. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed. I have to pinch myself to know that this is reality. This is my reality. You guys make that happen. I love you for it. Um, I feel fortunate every single day. And guys, have an amazing rest of the year, which is only like we literally have one or two days left. Uh, be safe on New Year's. I know I'm sounding like a freaking dad, but uh, I will definitely be seeing you next year. Until then. Peace. Guys, if you enjoyed this episode, share it with friends, subscribe to this channel, and I will see you in the next episode.